is a bittersweet day for me, y'all. I'm super emotional. I'm about to being really sad, slightly angry, and down today. But like he always does, God delivered. My boys were amazing today, and I really had the best time with them. I also had a surprise visitor today, which was so nice. Thank you, Aunt Cindy. On this week's episode, I'm going to get into why I'm sad, recapping the five-day challenge from last week, and how it went for me. If you don't know what I'm talking about, take a listen to the previous episode before listening to this one. going to give you a little breast cancer update and talk about why we all need grace. Hi, friends. I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the Failing Awesomely podcast. I'm Lindsay Garcia, and I have a desire to share my stories of failure. Yes, failure in business, motherhood, relationships, and while chasing big, big dreams. To say I've taken a lot of risks in my life would be an understatement. Here's the thing. In every failed attempt, there are multiple lessons to be learned. And coming out on top is not only possible, but I can almost guarantee it. Hey, if you fail, that's okay. Learn from it and turn it into something awesome. The five day challenge. As a Christian, I wanted to do this challenge as a way to bring me and you back to a place of putting God in the number one spot in our lives. That's where he belongs. What I loved about doing this challenge myself was that I got to almost like timeline some big moments in my life and how close God and I were during these times. It was convicting to have to write down why I would eventually grow apart a little from God, but it also brought to the surface the fact that I am a needer, quote unquote. And what I mean by that is I tend to be closest to God when I need him the most. I'm going to read for you from my journal what I wrote in my five-day challenge for day one. And if you don't remember, day one was when you were supposed to write down the times in your life that you've been closest to God. And I just did this for my adult life. I didn't really go into my childhood very much, um, well, at all, really. But number one was when I left for Nashville. And I remember... I was so young. I was 19 and I was moving from Pennsylvania to Tennessee. I'd never lived outside of Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. And I knew two to three people. I actually only knew two people in Nashville and not well. And I knew of a third person that I was going to be meeting with when I got there, somebody from Lancaster. Other than that, I knew no one. So I had almost no choice. I mean, that sounds so sad to say, but I almost had no choice but to lean on the Lord. And I fully did. And I got, I went to church with the person that I was temporarily living with at the time. And um, that was really, really great because I, I needed that kind of foundation. And that was That was why I was super close to God at that time. Number two was before I left Nashville seven years later to move back to PA. I had shortly before, I would say about six to eight months before I told my record label that I was done and I I wanted out, 
um, I started going to church again regularly. Obviously, your typical Sunday service was something that I rarely could attend because we were usually still on the road touring at the time. And I, through a friend, found a church service that was on Tuesday nights. It was called Kairos at a church called Brentwood Baptist Church in Nashville. If you're listening to this and you live in Nashville, you should check it out if they still do it. I'm sure they do. But Kairos was amazing for me. It was exactly what I needed. It was the fellowship that I needed, the kind of messages that I needed to hear. And it brought me back, started to bring me back into a closer relationship with the Lord. And I felt very convicted in my life and the things that I was doing in the music industry and how I had kind of been living my life. And ultimately, God ended up pulling me from that business. And it I mean, it was totally God led that brought me to a place of knowing that I had to leave the industry. So, um, yeah, before I left Nashville was another time I was super close to him. Also, number three, when my marriage went through a rocky period, and this is something that I have talked to David about that I I would love to talk about this on the podcast. Um, it's something that I had I had in my mind since the beginning of starting this podcast. It was something I really wanted to talk about and try to help people work through, you know, different Um, hardships in their marriage. And I think if it hadn't been for my breast cancer diagnosis, we would have already had this episode released by now. But it's something that has just kind of been put on the back burner. But my marriage did go through a rocky period about a year and a half in. And during that time, I needed the Lord. Again, I'm a needer. So I, I needed the Lord and I leaned on him. And number four, when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, which is current and right now. So if we move on to day two, on day two, we were then to write down why the relationship with God faded a bit each time. Because if we're talking about times in our lives where we know we've been closest to God, if that never stayed consistent, then we know that at some point things faded and we, I, I wanted us to try to figure out why that was or, or at least what happened, what might have happened that caused us to drift a bit from our close relationship with the Lord. So if we go back to my number one was when I, when I left Pennsylvania and got to Nashville, the reason I started to kind of slowly drift away from a close relationship with God was because I got comfortable. The key word that I don't want to be anymore that I talked about last week, I got comfortable after meeting new people and making friends in Nashville. And I just started to need God less and less. So I thought. And then when I was closest to God right before I left Nashville, I think the reason that that relationship started to drift was because I was beginning to see the good in leaving Nashville. You know, David and I got engaged and moved back to PA. It was this bittersweet and distracting time in my life. 
and I was happy, you know, we were, we were about to get married and we were very much in love. So God became the background instead of my up close and personal, which is what I need. And in my marriage, my marriage ultimately became stronger. We got, we got a a Christian therapist, but we, we went to therapy and our marriage became a lot stronger and my time with God became less. And I thought I didn't need him as much. I had what I wanted and I thought I was in control, which is the worst thing you can think because you're not in control. But, you know, I digress. And right now I am going through breast cancer. So God and I are pretty tight these days. And what I wrote down on my day two was that I am planting deep roots And what I mean by that is I'm planting deep roots in my relationship with God and I don't ever want to get out. I want those roots to be so deep that nothing and no one can yank our relationship tree out. (laughs) Then there's day three. And I have to say I loved day three of the challenge where I wrote down what my ideal relationship with God would be If I had, you know, zero distractions in my own perfect world, it was like making a vision board. If you remember when that was trendy, I used to have a vision board. It was all music related. Anyway, what I wrote was, I want to start my day with him bright and early, meditating on his word, talking with him in prayer, worshiping him with music, and then invite him to join me in my day. Ask him to guide me and remind me how he would handle certain situations I face in my day. Several times in that day, I want to stop and pray and talk with him. Every day, take a walk and listen to worship music. Ask him and receive the best way to share the gospel with my two young boys. I want to pray at every meal. I want to be with him in peace Be with him in joy, but also be with him in uncertainty. Be with him in sorrow. I want to read three devotionals, read a chapter of the Bible or two before bed, and end my day in prayer. That's a lot of time with God. A lot. And it seemed a little far-fetched when I wrote it on day three. But then day four opened my eyes a bit. A lot, actually. On day four we wrote down the main people we have in our daily lives and beside each name wrote how often we talk to them, whether each day or per week and what these relationships looked like. Man, did the Lord remind me of a relationship that wasn't even on my radar. I have my husband, my kids, my mom, brother, other family members, and a couple of friends. And then I wrote down, And this was a total God reminder. My phone. Now, this might not be a mind-blowing thing for you because I think by now most of us at one time or another have read an article or felt conviction about the negative effects of your life by spending too much time on your phone. That's not new. But to label it as a relationship is one, unfortunately, very accurate at least for me, and two, disgusting. My phone 
gets so much unnecessary attention. Day four was when I realized that not only do I want to stay close to God and get even closer to my day three dream relationship, but I want to break up with my phone. Now, that doesn't mean I won't use it or ever be on it, but I want to use it for the tool that it is and not the emotional roller coaster relationship that I've created. I may have to create another challenge to be able to accomplish this, but I think a good start is putting God first all day, every day, which is the purpose of this challenge. By putting God first, other things become less. So day five came, which was Monday. And on Monday, we were to try our best to live out our day three dream relationship as best as possible. It didn't entirely go as planned for me. I wanted to wake up early to start my day with him, and that didn't happen. The cool thing, though, is that normal Lindsay would be ticked by this, and it would get me in a foul mood that I didn't get to spend my time with God in the morning, derailing my day. But instead, I woke up and I stayed joyful and full of his peace. I was a little disappointed, but I didn't let that put me in my usual mood. Instead, I said a prayer of thanksgiving. I invited God to come along with me in my day, and I spent quality time with David and my boys. And the one amazing thing about David, since he was home for so long between my surgeries, treatments, and quarantine, was how much he stepped up as a parent. And knowing rest is really important in my recovery. And I can tell that my my heart is changing by God and recognizing the positive that my husband let me get extra rest and sleep in on Monday instead of being upset because I had wanted to get up early, especially that day. But if I'm being honest, I didn't have his peace all day. I didn't have his joy all day. I had moments of uncertainty and didn't invite God into that part of my day. I had a moment or two of sorrow and didn't invite God into that part of my day. And you know what? I think that's okay because I did experience his peace, joy, and invite him into other parts of my day. There were moments of all of that and God gave me grace for the rest. He knows we're human He had to send his only son to die for us because that's how messed up we are and he knows it. Some days, actually I'd argue every day, you just have to ask God for grace. He'll gladly give it. He knows we need it. I needed it today. Big time. This morning, my wonderful husband left to go back to work. And because we're still in a pandemic... And I'm still getting chemo treatments. And he flies all over the nation for work. We know that what is best for my health is for him to not come home until after my last infusion. That is July 27th. The peaceful fruit of the spirit in me says this about it. One, I am so thankful my husband has a great job. We are blessed. Two, I am so thankful that because of the generosity of others, David was able to stay home almost six weeks longer than we originally thought. 
We are so blessed. And number three, I'm handling chemo way better than we imagined. And I can handle treatments by myself. I am so blessed. But what I thought of a lot today was, why do I have to go through cancer treatments without my husband? Why do I have to not only go through treatment without my rock, but my kids also won't have their dad here for them when their mom isn't feeling good? And just a side note, I do have my mom and Andy here, and they are, my kids are just so in love with their Gigi and their Uncle Andy, and they are a huge, huge, huge help and blessing. So by no means do I not have help, um, but, you know, still, their dad's been here since the beginning of March, so it's just tough. And also, why have we had to endure so much suffering in such a short period of time? This is when I turn to God and say, I know my thoughts are not of the Spirit, Lord. Please give me grace for that. And ultimately, I had to several times today remind myself that this is our decision. No one is telling us David can't come home. But what we do know is if I get sick, I can't get treatment. It delays my infusions, basically. And as much as I know and love that God is shaping me, healing me, and teaching me so much in this journey, I'm not about to start slacking and becoming lenient when it comes to my health. I'm going to stay strong mentally and spiritually so that I can stay strong physically. You might ask me, Lindsay, if you have such a strong faith, why don't you believe that God would protect you from getting sick? It's not that I don't believe that he would protect me, but I also don't think we should test God when we can make smart choices. One story that I love that my cousin Katie told me before is about a man who was on the roof of his house because in his town a flood was coming and the flood got up to about the bottom of the door and there was a big truck that came by and let me back up sorry I'm, I'm telling the story wrong so the guy's on the on the roof of his house and he prays to God and he's like Lord Lord please please save me from this flood save me a little while later, a big truck comes by and says, hey, man, the, the people in there are like, hey, come on, come in the truck. Come, we can take you out of here. And he goes, nope, nope, God's going to save me. So the truck keeps going and the water keeps rising and it's to like almost to the top of the door of his house. So it's like halfway up his home. And a boat comes by. And they're like, come on, come on, come on, get in the boat. He's like, no, 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 no. The Lord's going to save me. I'm fine. The Lord's going to save me. And then it gets up really high where it's hitting the roof. And this guy is almost in water. And a helicopter comes by. And they're trying to rescue this dude. And the guy goes, no, 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 no. The Lord's going to save me. All of a sudden, the guy winds up in heaven. He asks God, he's like, God, why didn't you save me? And God tells him, I sent you a truck, a boat, and a helicopter. 
I don't want to be the guy that says no to the truck, the boat, and the helicopter. I want to be smart. I want to fixate on the blessings and not the heartache. Because we're going to be okay. We'll get through it and be better and stronger for it. I know I said I was going to update y'all on my breast cancer journey itself, but I think I'm going to save that for next week when I have a little more time. I kind of wanted to make this a little bit of a 20-minute podcast. Know that I'm doing great. I'm doing better than most. I love y'all. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Can't wait to have you back next week.